0: Good evening, everyone. Uh, To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn?
1: Hymn number 117. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, which work, art, and ever more shall be.
0: If you'd like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and from the home page you'll see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and then look for the place that says, Click Here for the Text of the Wednesday Readings, and you do so, and there you will find the readings for tonight. And our theme for tonight is, Man's Birthright. Is dominion over all temptations. And the readings will now be given by Florence from Georgia.
2: From the Bible,
0: Genesis.
2: And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, And he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he had brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant unto me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. Because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord needed to prosper.
3: Matthew.
2: Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of this devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the devil ticket him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee Thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. James Blessed is the man that endure temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. Matthew, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. I will now read. Correlative Passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, 1910 edition, and Prose Words, both by Mary Baker Eddy. Man, made in his likeness, possesses and reflects God's dominion over all the earth. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease and death. Stand forth at the door of thought, admitting only such conclusions as you wish realized in bodily resolve. You will control yourself harmoniously. When tempted to sin, we should know that evil proceeded not from God good, but is a false belief. Of the personal senses and if we deny the claims of these senses and recognize man as governed by god spirit not by material law the temptation will disappear on this principle disease also is treated and healed we know that man's body as matter has no power to govern itself and the belief of disease is as much the product of mortal thought as sin is. All suffering is the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of both good and evil, of adherence to the double-minded senses, to some belief, fear, theory, or bad deed based on physical material law, so-called as opposed to good, all of which is corrected alone by science divine principle and its spiritual laws the christian scientist has enlisted to lessen evil disease and death and he will overcome them by understanding their nothingness in the allness of god or good sickness to him is no less a temptation than is sin and he heals them both by understanding god's power over them the christian scientist knows that they are errors of belief which truth can and will destroy we should watch and pray that we enter not into the temptation of pantheistic belief in matter a sensible mind we should subjugate it as jesus did by a dominant understanding of spirit It is self-evident that error is not truth. Then it follows that it is untrue. And if untrue, unreal. And if unreal, to conceive of error as either right or real is sin in itself. To be delivered from believing in what is unreal, from fearing it, following it, or loving it, one must watch and pray that he enter not into temptation, even as one guards his door against the approach of peace. Wrong is thought before it is acted. You must control it in the first instance, or it will control you in the second. To overcome all wrong, it must become unreal to us. And it is good to know that wrong has no divine authority Therefore, man is its master. I rejoice in the scientific apprehension of this grand verity. Jesus was unselfish. His spirituality separated him from sensuousness and caused the selfish materialist to hate him. But it was this spirituality which enabled Jesus to heal the sick cast out evil, and raise the dead. Sensualism is not bliss, but bondage. The days of our pilgrimage will multiply instead of diminish when God's kingdom comes on earth. For the true way leads to life instead of to death. An earthly experience discloses the affinity of error and the infinite capacities of truth in which God gives man dominion over all the earth. Resist evil, error of every sort, and it will flee from you. Error is opposed to life. We can and ultimately shall so rise as to avail ourselves in every direction of the supremacy of truth over error, life over death, and good over evil. And this growth will go on Until we arrive at the fullness of God's idea and no more fear that we shall be sick and die. In harmony of any kind involves weakness and suffering, a loss of control over the body. When the illusion of sickness or sin tempts you, cling steadfastly to God and His idea. Allow nothing but his likeness to abide in your thought. Let neither fear nor doubt overshadow your clear sense and calm trust that the recognition of life harmonious, as life eternally is, can destroy any painful sense of or belief in that which life is not. Let Christian science, instead of corporeal sense, support your understanding of being and this understanding will supplant error with truth, replace mortality with immortality, and silence discord with harmony. In science, all being is eternal, spiritual, perfect, harmonious in every action. Let the perfect model be present in your thoughts instead of its demoralized opposite divine love, blesses its own ideas and causes them to multiply, to manifest his power. His birthright is dominion,
0: not subjection. We will now have a moment of silent prayer, and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Carol, will you please announce the next hymn?
6: Hymn number 48. Dear Father, Mother, Thou dost grant all good and perfect gifts to me. Tis mine to raise this beacon here, obedience unto Thee. Hymn number 48.
0: Good evening and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly Wednesday evening testimony meeting for Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Welcome one and all. We have actually quite a wonderful outreach from our church. It does reach far and wide. Primarily, much of it is through our websites, many of which are in other foreign languages, and as a result, the inspired Word of God is reaching people all over the world. And indeed, people from all over the globe have found our church. We're indeed very thankful for each and every one of you who have done so. I would like to encourage everyone to browse through our websites. We have so much in the way of healing-inspired material for your reading, studying, and listening. It all comes free of charge, and it all comes with the love of this church. I would like to also mention, as many of you know, in our lesson for this week, we have Jesus' parable of the sower and the seed and it gives quite a wonderful opportunity for introspection and self-examination which is always a healthy thing to do and we are featuring two articles on the home page of our website that uh, discuss this parable very well and one is by Mrs. Singletary and the other by William P. McKenzie and they're both wonderfully good articles especially for those that are seeking sincerely to grow in grace. I guess I've said exactly how I feel about these two articles, as well as Jesus' parable itself. It's quite wonderful. All right, moving on. Uh, Join us every Sunday. We start Sundays here at 10 o'clock in the morning with our roundtable discussion. We follow it with our church service at 11 o'clock. And we also offer a Sunday School for Children, which meets every Sunday at 11 a.m. And our Sunday School goes out to its students through a teleconference feature that we offer for those that don't live in the area. In fact, many of the students attend Sunday School by telephone. Your child also is welcome to attend our Sunday school by telephone, regardless of where you live. Call up the church. We'll give you the number for the Sunday school, and we would love to welcome your child there. I will now read from the church manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases." This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, though the generic name of the disease may be indicated. Now, for everyone that gives a testimony tonight, we kindly ask that you keep it within four minutes. This will give everybody else the opportunity to share their offering. And for those who are on the teleconference, when you're ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice, but keep in mind when you do so, we're going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your telephone picks up, so please be in a quiet place, and I will call on each of you one at a time by name, and our meeting tonight is now open sharing testimonies of healing through christian science craig
5: thank you florence for those fine readings and certainly temptation should be every day should be at the forefront of our thoughts uh, what was said paraphrasing that as we have a knowledge of science this lengthens our days not shortens them uh, i realize it as we know more, no more about science, there's more good that we can accomplish in this world. Hence, lengthens our days. And I also wanted to give a gratitude for a healing that I had. I had a healing of a bitten tongue just this weekend. Our lesson last week was on matter. And uh, it says, First uh, John 2, Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of, of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away. Etc. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Well, I was eating a good dinner after we prayed over it, and all of a sudden I bit my tongue. And I, first I was bewildered. And then I said, you know, basically, you know, God provided us and God loves us. Us. There's no reason for my body to act weird. And and so basically I said no to matter because it was uncharacteristic of God that anything should be hurt while doing good. And I stood by this didn't have any pain, and went on, and I bit my tongue again, and again, I said, no, God is, you know, governs me, and I can't be hurt for doing the good, right things. Well, I believe that because I was living right, this lesson, that I received the healing, and I had no pain for those two instances. And bad and nonsense. So I thank God and for this proof that, yes, God is not, <clears throat> I mean, pain is not characteristic of God. So I should not have to face that. It ain't a good thing. Thank you. Thank you for Mary Baker Eddy.
0: Thank you. Mara from, Mara from Mississippi. Go ahead. Hi.
7: Uh, I want to Start by saying how happy and thankful I am to be here tonight. Um, I'm just so thankful that my path has led me to the Plainfield Church. As a child, I was basically forced to go to church, um, and then later, as an adult, we moved to Georgia, and my kids and I and husband were living um, in the country, and there were as many Baptist churches as there were houses. Uh, We began to attend a Baptist church that was right down the road from our house. And um, every Sunday I would leave the church feeling terrible. Most of the time I would come home and cry. I wanted to fit in and I wanted to believe, but I just couldn't. They tried to convince people that the only way that um, you would not go to hell is if you fully submerge yourself in a bathtub at the church service to be baptized. Um, I struggled with horrible feelings about this and finally stopped attending. The preacher literally knocked on our door a few days later, and I honestly told him that the church made me feel terrible um, and that I didn't feel that I should leave church feeling this way. I felt like I should be happy and inspired, and I just wasn't. Uh, Then we switched to a Methodist church, and this was, uh, I found this church a lot more lighthearted. I enjoyed getting together with the people after, after the service. Um, I enjoyed the fellowship and, you know, with a lot of nice people. And my relationship to God was secondary at that point. Um, and then once we moved from Georgia, we stopped attending church. And when I initially discovered Plainfield Christian Science Church on YouTube, then reached out to my practitioner a bunch of months later. My goal was to solve my human problems and to move on. She lovingly explained to me that Christian science is a way of life and that she can't just wave a magic wand and everything is great. <laughs> um, also, Karen helped me to understand later on in. Um, hearing her during a roundtable discussion, explaining how you don't just demonstrate and go back to your human life, but it's something you constantly demonstrate and pray without ceasing. Now I'm looking forward to and excited to listen to the roundtable discussions, the Wednesday readings, the testimonies, and um, the weekly Bible lessons. All this information is such an amazing resource source for everybody, Um, The discussions and the testimonies are so helpful for us to learn from. Also, sometimes just listening to someone else give a testimony and hearing their conviction and gratitude in their voice um, helps so much when you are feeling maybe doubtful or unsure. Um, And now what matters most to me is my relationship to God. So, I'm so thankful to my practitioner, um, Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy, and everyone at Point Field Christian Science Church who helped to reach people all over the globe um, and literally change their lives. So, thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Ron from North Carolina, go ahead.
8: Thank you. Linda and I are currently visiting our dear friend, Charlotte, in South Florida. She was our landlady many, many years ago when we found ourselves as a young family resettling in the area. She was also the person who introduced us to Christian science. And it was the power of her example and the light expressed that attracted us. This relationship has endured, and despite great human differences, the language of spirit has been and continues to be our connection. And thus it is with the Plainfield Christian Science Church independent. It has been the example set and the light felt that has been the attraction. I'm so grateful to the power of this truth of being that attracts the receptive heart. There are no chance encounters truth is ever guiding and governing and lighting the way, whether in the form of a loving landlady or a church that exemplifies the teachings of Christian science as taught and demonstrated by our leader, Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
4: Gary. I've had uh, so many life-changing lessons that I've learned in this church over the years, uh, One I was thinking about recently that I'm so grateful for. Uh, I remember well before and shortly after I uh, came to Plainfield as a young adult, I always felt as though I needed to be in control of my life. Uh, in other words, whenever faced with a important decision or a problem, I had to study everything about it and try to understand what was going on around me before I would take my first steps or make a decision. And uh, oftentimes when I finally did something about it, it was either uh, too late or wrong or both. Uh, and it was just the, you know, a human sense of feeling like I needed to understand things before I could actually make a decision. Well, when I got to the Plainfield Church, there was a practitioner here who helped me change that. She started to teach me that only God can and does control my life and uh, explained it so well that it was kind of became clear that it was kind of silly of me to think that I could control anything, except of course, my own thinking. Um, and And that whenever I was faced with an important decision or a problem that needed some action, The only thing that made sense to do is to get on my knees and ask God for guidance. And then, when I received that guidance, to act on it immediately. Psalm 119 states, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that thy happens to be God, of course. So I was learning that God guides us correctly, even when we can't clearly see for ourselves. And we have a hymn, uh, one of the statements in the hymn says, One Step Enough for Me. And uh, at first, this was a huge leap of faith for me, to just trust God's one step (laughs) and not really know what the final outcome was going to be or needed to be. But I started to trust. And uh, I have found that in trusting God and relinquishing control to Him, I get things done more on time. I don't make as many mistakes. And I feel more peaceful about what I'm doing because I can feel God's control about what I'm doing. And I think that is the change for which I am most grateful, to have a stronger and clearer relationship with God and trust him to guide me in more (laughs) and more of what I do each day. So I'm very grateful for the teaching, the help that I've received from that practitioner, and from the help that I continually t- receive sometimes from members of this church. And uh, certainly extremely grateful to Mary Baker Eddy for discovering this science of Christianity and the blessing that it gives to the whole world. So grateful to be here tonight, and thank you, Florence, for your readings tonight.
0: Thank you. Patricia from Canada, go ahead.
9: I'm reading from my diary. As my son's father was not a Christian scientist, although he was respectful of it, I occasionally took our baby to a pediatrician for an overall examination. Once she found that one of his testicles was swollen to two or three times the normal size. As a new first-time mother, I had speed read in a child care book. If your baby's testicles are swollen just after birth, it's most likely because of the extra fluid that newborns carry or the extra dose of hormones he may have received from you just before birth. The swelling's harmless, and he'll flush the fluid out after a few days. So I hadn't worried about it, as I thought I was looking at two enlarged testicles and not realizing that one was so swollen it was completely hiding the other from view. I thought the Creator, Spirit, Mother with a capital M, imparts health and proportion. But the pediatrician was very worried that this would result in a hemorrhage and that debris from the intestines could enter the testicles, resulting In an emergency case, she determined that the child was not experiencing pain, but strongly recommended surgery, saying that, oh, it's quite safe. Due to current anesthesia practices, there's only about a 2% chance. Uh, what does chance mean, I asked. Well, you know, some children have the reaction of death. So why don't we just set up an appointment for a consultation with the surgeon? If you leave it and just hope it goes away, you risk an emergency. I thought, I'm not going to just hope it goes away. I'm going to know that omnipresent perfection is reality. The only thing here is God, and I know he won't go away. Trying to consider my husband, though, I made the appointment with the surgeon, expecting that with prayer... It just wouldn't be necessary. In Science and Health, Mary Baker Eddy wrote, Christian science is always the most skillful surgeon, but surgery is the branch of healing which will be last acknowledged. I determined that I would consult with the great physician, the great surgeon whose sort of truth divides the real from the unreal, I asked my husband if he would let me work this out through prayer, and he agreed that he had seen Christian healing during the birth of our baby. But he gave me a timeline within which it should be healed. So I cancelled the appointment. And with that, my doubt and fear was cancelled too. I quit ballooning the situation out of proportion. Through prayer, I came to see the child's innocence from such a false claim And after doing concordance work in the Bible and science and health, I lost concern. Within two weeks, I was able to show his father two little tiny cherub testicles. And today, I have lovely twin grandsons, proof positive that there was no damage done. I'm very grateful to God that Christian science came into my life. And I'm very happy to be a member of this Plainfield Church I'm learning so much. My thanks to the other members for their tirelessly working on the website and to all who contribute to the many inspiring meetings. Good evening.
0: Thank you. Jeremy.
10: I'm very grateful tonight for all that this church offers and for how Christian science has proven itself to me again and again as the sole thing I need to rely on in all situations. The other night, last week, a few of us saw the movie Woodlawn, which is a true story about the early 1970s in Birmingham, Alabama, and how after over a decade of brutal bombings and riots brought about by bigotry and hate, A man was led to come into the Woodlawn School and convert the whole football team to Christianity. The next year saw that Christianity changed many lives and brought tremendous positive change to the whole area. This is actually the second time I've seen this movie. And my gratitude tonight is for how, as for the change I noticed in myself since the first time I saw it, which was probably about three or four years ago. At that time, I felt moved, but I also felt a lot of anger towards the racists, which took away from my ability to get what I needed from this story. In these last few years, this church's unity watches have covered many things which I've had to do serious work on myself in order not to have any wish to return evil for evil. In those years, I also encountered an anecdote that occurred during the time of the next friend's lawsuit, in which Mary Baker Eddy ended up having some bit of suffering, which wouldn't let up, until one of her household workers admitted he felt anger to those who brought the lawsuit on and he wanted to harm them. Once Mrs. Eddy knew that the discord was coming from him, she was healed. I was unable to find the source of that for tonight, but I have given that a lot of consideration and prayer because I don't want any anger that I may be holding on to coming back on this church or its members. God did not bring me here for that. So I'm very thankful to have watched that movie again because I was able to experience a greater love and compassion for all that they went through. And for those who expressed hate and violence, I just felt a deep pity for the ignorance and fear that they most certainly must live their day-to-day lives with, and I prayed that they all have their hearts turned to God and to love for their fellow man and, and woman men and women. I'm so grateful for all the changes and healings that Christian Science has brought into my life, and I know my healings are not easier or more likely to happen than those needed healings of the hate and prejudice. That so many have been taught to feel. God can and will cast all of this hate and hurt out, and He will restore to us the years of the Locust of Eden, as it says in the book of Joel in the Bible. Thank you. And now I have a testimony from Imogene in Australia.
11: Our deepest thanks to the Plainfield congregation. Monday morning in Australia is my favourite time because that's when we get to listen to the Plainfield Roundtable and Sunday service and the new lesson for the week is also out. It's like Christmas morning every Monday morning here. I have such a joyful heart thanks to you all. The Christly lessons daily show the way to the glorious presence of our Father which art in heaven. When I think of the love and the courage that has been the hallmark at Plainfield all these years, it is truly inspiring, leaving no doubt as to the faithfulness and purity of our Plainfield practitioners and leaders. The watching point from Saturday, March 5th, is tremendous to me for it addresses everything we need to be doing to help mankind and it lays out the surety of God's victory over all error of every kind. From Christian Science versus Pantheism by Mary Baker Eddy, quote, Once more I write, Set your affections on things above love one another, commune at the table of our Lord in one spirit, worship in spirit and in truth, and if daily adoring, imploring, and living the divine life, truth, love, Thou shalt partake of the bread that cometh down from heaven, drink of the cup of salvation, and be baptised in spirit. End quote. What a glorious benediction of love and truth that Mrs. Eddy has given us here. This benediction is exactly what is saving the world and gathering all the innocent ones under the shadow of his wing. Only God good will win. Nothing else. The victory is on the side of God Almighty forever and ever. And we are so very blessed at Plainfield to be doing this prayerful work for our world. As the watch also said, quote, the truth of Christian science goes forth to heal the world. End quote. Studying and working at Plainfield has brought me so near to the Father, and what a sublime place this is to be. I am so very grateful for the immeasurable blessing of being a member here. Thank you to our practitioners and teachers, our readers, the watchers, the lesson writers, the beautiful organist, the music and singing that glorifies God. Thank you for bringing the Christ love that reaches around the world to bless and comfort all. Thanks be to God Almighty, to Mary Baker Eddy, and to all at Plainfield Independent. Much love to you all from our household in Australia.
0: Thank you. Chardell. <clears throat>
1: Good evening. I would like to offer my gratitude tonight for my patient and caring practitioner and her prayerful support while handling two important events that ended up happening simultaneously. One involved documents that needed to be notarized and mailed immediately for a real estate transaction, and the other had to do with my car. I am also grateful that for a church friend who assisted me with both situations. Thanks to my friend's calm but quick thinking, the timing for everything was perfectly synchronized and unfolded in an orderly fashion. It was truly God's plan that was brought forth with joy and harmony for all parties involved. What a blessing to be a part of a worldwide community where all are seeking God and learning to be willing disciples for Christ's Christianity and the cause of Christian science as taught by Mrs. Eddy.
12: Thank you.
0: Thank you. (coughs) Linda.
12: Thank you very much for the readings tonight. I want to express my gratitude for a recent healing I received while working with my pain-filled practitioner. She and I were talking about some things that I was doing and during this time I could feel such a sense of peace and love for God and man as it washed over me that I found a pain that I had in my neck just stopped. I had had this pain for months and uh, I work uh, for long periods daily on a computer. And I, I found I realized I have been tensing up a lot too and not having a good space to work. Uh, I didn't mention this problem to her and was just living with it. We had been discussing listening to what your body is telling you. One thing that came from this was the need to address this constant. Uh, feeling of pressure. This great sense of pressure lifted along with the great love in place of it that washed over me. I even changed my workspace so it was more comfortable and in being more mindful about how I hold myself while I work. My neck is no longer stiff and I have free movement and I'm so grateful to be able to move my head around so naturally. I was so grateful for this healing, but most for the part of the lesson in witnessing the power of divine love that sees only perfection, goodness and tenderness for its creation that replaced a poor sense of identity instantly in my thought. I am also grateful for the reminder to pay closer attention to feelings and thoughts and not just push through, because it makes no sense not to let even a little thing go by like that. I'm so grateful for this lesson uh, on spiritual and personal love that did this healing. I'm grateful for my practitioner, for Christ Jesus, Mary Baker Eddy, and this church. Thank you.
0: Thank you. There's a statement. In this week's lesson, that's helped me immensely from science and health, where Mary Baker Eddy says that the grand, the great necessity of exist, of being is to learn what constitutes the kingdom of heaven in man. You know, this is a grand necessity, it says, and uh, I have this church in Plainfield to uh, thank. I have endless thanks that God brought me here. The lessons I've learned here are many. They are valuable, and they've been so helpful to me. One of the the many things that I've learned is to not react adversely or get disturbed over things when the temptation can be very aggressive to really get upset or disturbed over things. And uh, this was something that You know, I'd been through quite a bit in my life, and uh, it it never ended up anything good. It was always harmful, and always had to find a way to overcome it. But I can remember the time, finally, when it seemed like there was a lot of things going on, and it could be very disturbing, where I simply said, no, I refuse to be disturbed over this. Because if I am, I am useless to God or to anybody else. And when I took that stand that I absolutely was not going to get sucked into this, I just felt uh, this sense of peace and confidence and strength. It was like God was telling me, okay, you're taking a step in the right direction by taking this stand. And it was one small step in this kingdom of heaven that is exists in man and it's perfectly consistent with everything that christian science teaches of course you know that god in the bible says god gave man dominion we heard that tonight and it's throughout the writings of mary baker Eddy where she explains it so clearly so i'm very thankful for being on the path where step by step i'm learning a little bit more about this grand necessity that the kingdom of heaven really does is in man like jesus said thank you day day from georgia go ahead
13: thank you last night i needed to move a rug in my son's room i quickly realized that it was stuck underneath his bed i tried moving the bed and quickly gave up and said, I can't. I'll have to get help with it tomorrow. My son immediately replied, don't you say you can't? Did you forget about God? I thanked him for the awakening and correction, said a little prayer, and was able to move the bed right away just as I needed to. I'm thankful for all that I'm learning in this church and have been learning over the past eight years that I've been able to share with my children so that they can remind me of the truth just when I need it. I'm thankful for all that we have to study with. I'm thankful for the Sunday school that they're able to attend. Thank you so much for tonight's readings and for all the testimonies given tonight. I'm very grateful to be a part of this church and to be a part of this meeting.
0: Thank you. Florence from Georgia, go ahead.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, for your testimonies. I am very grateful to Christian Science for showing me in how many ways we attempted, and also for showing me that to accept pain, fear, worry, fretfulness, resentment—all of those—is sinful because they all cast a doubt on God's allness. That's all I'll have to say about that. I have two testimonies, one from Kenya. And it says, when I went to Edinburgh University in Scotland, I was miserable and this led to a nervous breakdown. Coming from sunny Kenya, I was thrown into a different lifestyle in a a freezing cold winter. I could not cope with the demanding work. It was a gigantic struggle, so bad that there were even thoughts of suicide. However, I was in constant touch with such a loving practitioner. For those prayers and patience, I am always grateful. I regularly attended Sunday school in the CS College Org meetings. When in Kenya, I depended largely on my parents' prayers, but at university, I had to make Christian science my own. It was true what Mrs. Eddy says, trials are proofs of God's care. I really had to discipline my thinking to know that I reflected the divine mind in my work. I really got to know God as my loving father, mother, who truly cared for me. I remember the occasion early one special May morning, when many of us students climbed Lion's Head, a fairly high hill outside Edinburgh near the sea. The golden orb of the sun reflected the still water. I suddenly felt so free and happy. There were some relapses, but I made progress and eventually triumphed and graduated. I am so grateful to God, Christ Jesus, and Mrs. Eddie for the above healing. Also, I'm thankful to the Plainfield Church. I love the round table discussions and Bible studies. Much prayerful thought and research goes into the preparation of these, and I gain a lot from them. Thank you also for your outstanding Sunday and Wednesday services. I also enjoy hearing the fantastic testimonies from around the world. And then this one is from Australia. It says that, uh, in our lesson this week on reality, I liked Mrs. Eddy's reference to spirit, omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience, spirit possessing all power, filling all space, constituting all science, revealing primeval existence as the radiant reality of God's creation. That's Science and Health 109. Page one oh nine. The word radiant is described in Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary as beaming with vivacity and happiness, as a radiant face, luminous point or object from which light emanates. I saw that today in my visit to our local weekly Main Street market, manifested in a trio of three very, very senior Busker musicians who play old time music from the 20s and 50s. Surely they were doing God's work using their talents, expressing and radiating such love, joy and harmony, singing and playing music together that although from a totally different era, everyone coming into their orbit could not help but smile and stop to listen. They are such colorful characters and their joy and spirit are totally infectious powerful filling up their space and we all felt it reflected it back and magnified it to others any negativities simply melted away at that moment of connection love reflecting love what about radiant reality elsewhere in this troubled world surely if Spirit absolutely fills all space and emanates from an inexhaustible source and is all powerful, then it applies to God's creation in war torn countries too, whether in the military, government or civilian, and regardless of religion or beliefs. There can be no aggressive or aggressors or victims, no fear, hatred or violence, no have and have not. The power of God, almighty even there, is even there in action. His arms encircling and embracing all. Love is there as protection, kindness, tenderness, sharing joy, compassion, caring, forgiveness. And mind is there as intelligence, wisdom, insight, foresight, receptivity, understanding, clarity, alertness. Life is there in strength, energy, ability, vitality, and purpose. Truth as freedom, honesty, integrity, righteousness, honor. Spirit is there as inspiration, courage, resilience, dominion, mightiness, supply. Soul is there as calmness, innocence, peace, stillness. Principle is there, too, as law, order, justice, stability, and security. King David said it all so eloquently throughout his 150 beloved times of heartfelt gratitude, which we read in the Bible as he earnestly turned daily to Almighty God in order to see the radiant reality of God's creation amid the turbulent, violent, and even war in times in which he lived and reigned. Those timeless psalms still nourish us today with their powerful spiritual insights of infinite truth. Very grateful for this glimpse of God's radiant reality and for all the teachings and learning at Plainfield Church Christian Science Independent. And I thank God that this truth, his truth is reaching the world everywhere to every receptive heart. I'm glad to be here tonight.
0: Thank you. Mary.
6: Good evening, everyone. Chris Reed from Vermont. In Sunday's round table discussion, I was touched to hear of the passing of Mark Rubel, CSB, who I'd, I had not heard of before. The reading of the healing at the end of the roundtable was beyond inspiring. I went on to Mr. Rubel's website and was taken with all the work he has done for the cause, especially in Africa. Thank you for letting us know about this fine worker. And then Texas. Um, thank you for the information about Mark Rubel. He was and remains a dedicated, courageous practitioner-teacher of Christian science. <coughs> in New York, Thank you for sharing the information. I'd had a few conversations with him a few years ago. He was a wonderful Christian scientist. His work and support of the African Christian scientist was praiseworthy. And then California. Thank you for the tribute to Mark Rubel. It brought attention to his work. I met him in 2010, and he was my Christian science teacher, the one I searched all of my years to know. He traveled to wherever there was an interest in Christian science practice. He loved Africa and spread the practice of Christian science in Zambia and Zimbabwe. His real loves. He also traveled to Europe and Asia in response to calls from Christian scientists to come and to speak. Yes, he was called upon by people he knew, holding positions in governments in different parts of the world to pray. Wherever he went, he spread the seed of truth and nurtured the seed until it bore fruit. When he read at the church I attended before the mother church excommunicated him, every word read, Uplifted thought to bring the kingdom of heaven to bear in all our hearts, because no word was spoken without it being encased with love for God, Christ Jesus, Mrs. Eddy, the congregation, and the world. He was persecuted by the church he loved, but refused to hold any thought but love towards them. I admired him, respected him as a man who was true to God and the work he was sent to do. He lives in my heart, and his work will continue. And then, again from California. Grace White wrote four poems, one for each season, from the perspective of life at Pleasant View. Since there is no history that has surfaced about her connection with Pleasant View, I have to think that she traveled there with the purpose of recording the seasons as they would have been witnessed by those who call Pleasant View their home in order to share with those who read the journal. So this poem is from May 6th, the 1905 issue of the Sentinel pleasant view in spring. Broad meadows clothed clothed with tenderest green, and patient trees, their leaves just showing, the little ice-bound pond awake, all sun-kissed ripples from soft breezes blowing. From distant treetops gaily ringing, the song of homing birds is flowing. While high above in sunny skies, our stately full-rigged cloud ships going. And then this, Pennsylvania. Thanks so much for the audio of the Sermon on the Mount. What a blessing. And then Missouri. On the heels of Sunday's roundtable from March 13th, which included some discussion about saying grace before meals, I just came upon this in the biography The Life of Mary Baker Eddy by Sybil Wilbur. In this house... And this was the Phillips family home in 1866. Silent prayer was the custom before eating. Mary Baker Eddy, or Mary Baker, yielded to this custom with great reverence, often saying, it seemed to her like holy communion. And then this from California. Thank you, Plainfield, for your dedicated outreach to the world that includes so much that blesses me. I truly appreciate the weekly Sunday morning roundtable discussions, which help fill me, fill in the blanks for one who never experienced a science Sunday school. As usual, last week's roundtable was eg- exemplary, with thoughts and ideas shared. I love the Mark Rubel testimony that was shared before closing. Mark's challenges with the organization, which included excommunication, did indeed not deter him from expressing God's outreach with the world. Much gratitude for the services you provide, the testimonies that are shared, the watching points that help to focus thought, and certainly the the weekly Bible lesson. Thanks to all that serve in Plainfield. Tonight I'm very grateful to be here to hear those beautiful readings on Temptation, the music and the and the beautiful testimonies. I'd just like to share something with you. Um, when I came to this church, I had many chronic problems, physical problems, mental, emotional relationship that had gone on for quite some time. I had almost accepted it as a way of life. And I have been healed of those things, but my healings did not come instantaneously or overnight. It took work on my part, and it, it did, as, some, as a previous testifier said, it's, it is a way of life. And I had many habits of thinking, wrong ways of thinking, that I didn't even know I was doing, that I had to cull out and change. Uh, some of them being just fearful and negative, depressed, maybe jealous at times. I don't think I saw those as sins, but they are sins. They're not of God and there's something not to be indulged in. And it took me a while to weed those, those sins out. And, and I still work at it. But there were two things the practitioner worked on or gave me to work on, um, at times when perhaps I was feeling discouraged about slow, pro- slow progress. And one was in the book Collectania on page 112. Mrs. Eddy says, in treating a claim, Never become discouraged if it reappears, but go to work and keep on treating it each time, and each time it will appear in a milder form, and finally it will disappear forever. And I found this to be very true. I just kept treating, and it did disappear finally forever. And this also goes along with what she says in Science and Health on page 248. And that is this, let unselfishness, goodness, mercy, justice, health, holiness, love, the kingdom of heaven reign within us, and sin, disease, and death will diminish until they finally disappear. So I was taught to think on these things, not to be thinking about my problems. Were they getting better? How did I feel? How was my friendship developing, or my relationship with Gary at that time, whatever my problems were. But what about me? Was I expressing unselfishness, goodness, mercy, justice, health, holiness, love? That's what I focused on. That's what I worked on. And as I did that, it is absolutely true, sin, disease, and death will diminish until it finally disappears why? Because it was never true in the first place. But we must learn to put off the old man for the new. So I'm grateful for this, these lessons, grateful to learn patience, and to know that God is working in us and through us. And whether we have quick healings or ones that aren't so quick, he's with us and he'll bring us through every time. So very grateful to be with you all tonight and have a good evening.
0: Thank you. To uh, close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn?
12: Hymn number 290. Press on, press on, ye sons of light, untiring in your holy fight, still treading each temptation down, and battling for a brighter crown. Hymn number 290.